Hello, and welcome to Razzle Dazzle, a podcast about video games and pop culture with an emphasis on the video games. All right, it's Razzle Dazzle time. I'm your host, Jared. And I'm Patrick. And that's the sound guy, Joe. I need a dispenser. I'll give you a dispenser right here. I need a dispenser right here. <laughs> Put dispenser here. <laughs> uh, man, guys, Yeah. we're talking about one of my favorite games in existence. Yeah. The game that... I, one of the games that I grew up on, we talked about quite a few games I've grown up on. Yeah. Um, we have reached number three of, like, five. Uh-huh. Uh, we've talked about Smash Bros. Yes. We've talked about Minecraft. Yes. And today, we are talking about Team Quake. Four. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're talking about Team Fortress 2. Ah. Uh, inspired by Quake, I think, in a way. Yeah. Uh, so, basically... Uh, real fast summary of how Team Fortress 2 came to be, right? So there's a very old game called Quake, uh, and what it is, it's one of it's one of those uh, I call them arcade shooters. I forget what they're actually called. Okay, but uh, it's it's like the games where you have a bunch of uh, weapons throughout the map. You start out with just a pistol. You go around, pick up the cool weapons that each do different things, and then kill everybody. And usually it's the death match, and whoever gets the highest score wins. Sounds like a battle royale. Yes, but you respawn. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and whoever gets the most kills wins. Enough. Um, so Quake. The honor so Quake. <laughs> so Quake was one of the biggest first versions of of this type of genre. Yeah. Um, and everybody loved Quake. And then some people were like, "Hey, let's." Uh, I I believe Team Fortress One was a mod of Quake. Yes. Yes. That's exactly so it. Team Fortress One uh, basically came out because somebody was like, uh, "Hey, let's mod Quake." Uh, I'm Team Fortress One wasn't Valve. Um, it was just a group of dudes, uh, I'm pretty sure, um, who went and make the, made this game. And they made a bunch of different classes. Instead of picking up these weapons throughout the map, you'd spawn with them. So you had the scout who ran around super fast and was quick. And you had, uh, I'll summarize all the classes later, but it was basically the same kind of nine classes that we have when we get into Team Fortress 2. Mm-hmm. Team Fortress 2 comes out. Like a, lo- a long while later, uh, I remember it's a... Uh, Valve buys the rights to Team Fortress 1 mm. trying to make a Team Fortress 2 game. Originally, it was going to be a very military-esque game. Right. But then Valve, at some point in the production, I guess was like, screw that, that's lame. Um, and they made the beautiful game that I still love, known as Team Fortress 2. Mm-hmm. It has a very cartoonish style to it. It does. And it is very... And it runs on that same concept of a multiplayer multiplayer match Two sides each have the same or different objectives, and uh, all of them are a variation of nine different classes. And just that basis already really drew me in. When I remember watching all the trailers. You have the main Team Fortress 2 trailer, and then you have the meet the of every single class. You have meet the scout, where he's basically this flamboyant Boston kid, grows up with eight other siblings. Boston. And become the youngest of eight siblings and becomes the runner because of that and as such uh his playstyle very much revolves around being very fast having a double jump and avoiding damage rather than taking it he's mm. very frail he's one of the low hp characters Last but cannon. because of his mobility he's able to avoid damage so he's really fun to play just bouncing around the map flying around and then his scatter gun if you get close enough to people does like 100 to 125 damage a shot you can one shot to two shot every single character in the cast nice um and they're all like mercenaries in the story which i'll get it to but he's really fun to play in this high mobility character you have the soldier which is like your most basic character and even he him is still a really cool design character of this guy who uh who dreams of being a soldier and just like constantly treats everybody as his underlings in his army mm. and uh uh, run, runs around talking about uh, or just runs around with a rocket launcher and a shotgun um, just uh, shooting rockets all over the place and this is the most basic class it is you'd think that the most basic class would be like every single other first person shooter where it's machine, uh, gun, machine pistol. gun or a pistol something like that no right. the most basic class is a rocket launcher hey man um, that's that's like kind of sets the standard for the rest. And he set and it sets up for the what a lot of people don't really know the origin of, but the the idea of the rocket jump, which is okay. uh, basically where you have a rocket launcher, you jump and shoot it at your feet, and you fly up in the air. That was originally a quake thing, but what popularized the idea of rocket oh. jumping was a short by Freddie Wong I've heard on of YouTube. 
where literally it's a, it's a goofy little short where the guy's right. like, hey, we need to get to the other side. We're going to do it. And the guy's literally just like, I got this. Gets a rocket launcher, shoots it at his feet, goes flying. That's, the, that's one of the funnest parts about uh, Team Fortress 2 is the mobility options. At playing as soldier, while Scout is meant to be one of the most mobile options, if you're good at rocket jumping, you're more mobile than the Scout. Mm. You, you can shoot a rocket below you, fly up in the air, start shooting downwards, or you can rocket jump towards a wall, shoot another rocket to blast you off that wall to fly with even more momentum. You can fly. There are rocket jump maps in Team Fortress 2 where I've it's heard all of, about just mobility using these rockets. I've heard of, like, I've, uh, I've heard of him done, like, grenade jumping in, like, Halo and stuff. So Yeah, it's kind of a similar concept to that. Um, and there's another class which is very, very similar concept to that, which I'll get to. Then mm. we have the Pyro. Mm. The Pyro in character is this very ar- – it's it's an arsonist by all means that nobody really knows who this person actually is, whereas I have gas mask that covers their face completely. Nobody even knows if it's a guy or a girl. Mm. Um, but through the Pyro's eyes, according to the lore – all they see whenever they're shooting flames is bubbles and rainbows, and everybody is a bunch of cute little babies that he's <laughs> that whenever a baby's it's, crying, it's he completely... puts the flames on them, and the babies start being happy. Yeah. But in reality, it's he's the exact burning. opposite. Yeah, and he's that's it's... why he's always laughing. He's always cheerful. He or she, they, um, is always cheerful, yeah. just having a great time, right? So that's the pyro. It's, it's ironic, and, it's, and I love that. Yeah, it's I so love it. it's so fun, and it's so fun to play it's too. Funny. Because in essence, if you're not very good at first-person shooters, it's fun to play. Because in essence, there's a lot of the community. You really making, have to aim. There's a lot of the community making fun of the fact that of a WM1, where it's you press W on the keyboard to move forward, M1 to shoot fire, sure. and that's all the characters. In reality, yeah. there's a lot more stuff to it. You can reflect rockets and explosives huh. uh, with an air blast. But just catching people on fire and, like, hiding around corners, goofing around, there's lots of stuff to the pyro that makes it really fun. But you don't even need to necessarily be good at aiming or first-person shooters to have fun with the pyro and Team Fortress 2, which is one of the things I'll talk about why I love the game. You have the Demo Man. Demo Man's very explosive. He is <laughs> Demo Man, explosives guy. Yeah. Well, he is – He he. there's two ways to play him, which is really fun. One – Using Boom. explosives. You have the sticky bomb launcher, which you can set explosives around corners or on the floor. and people walk over them, you trigger the explosive. You can also use that to grenade launch, uh, sticky jumper, sticky bomber launch, jump, whatever, right. where you put two of the one or two of the grenades on the floor, you jump, you trigger the explosive, and you go flying. Right. And another insanely cool mobility option that this game has. Um, you have your grenade launcher itself, but you can also play the demo man as the demo knight, where you Bam. equip a shield and a sword, and you <laughs> you charge at people and just keep swinging your sword at them. Wait a second. From from my understanding, he's a uh, he's Scottish. He is Scottish. Where does the sword and shield come into this? Um. So how do you, hold on? Actually, better question. How do you go from a grenade launcher to a sword and shield? What? So lore wise. Um, he finds a sword. Uh-huh. Um, just just any the, sword. The sword is called the Islander. So yeah, the best story Islander. To start. And it <laughs> man finds sword. And it contains people's souls. I guess it's a mm. living sword. Of course it is. Um, I believe I may be a little wrong on it, but he basically finds a sword during the war update, which I talked to you guys earlier about, where it's about him and the soldier getting in a beef. Um, and this. It's basically the sword inspires the idea of adding the swords to the game and with the swords as the shields to give you mobility the shields let you charge uh, which basically makes you so much faster but you can only move in a straight line with the exception of one shield ah. so you charge at them and then you do an attack that either crits or mini crits so like uh, 1.2 times the damage or 3 times the damage Oh man! depending on how you time it um, so you, you can one shot people if you just <laughs> you charge and then slice them with the sword. So he can switch between rocket launcher and sword and shield at any time. Uh, so long as you go back to spawn. Uh, oh. What this the fun about this game is there's so many different ways to play each class because they all have their own items. Right. And so for example, the soldier has a bunch of different rocket launchers. He has the beggar's bazooka where he loads three rockets into his rocket launcher and then they shoot all at once. Pew, oh pew, man. Um, kind of like Arnold. Uh, I guess. <laughs> oh, I said no. Yeah, basically, yeah, kind of. Except they're kind of like they shoot a little bit different timing. Oh, wise. okay. Uh, and they have like different accuracy, so they right. go all over the place. Um, there's the airstrike, where if you shoot yourself into the air, like do a rocket jump, while you're in the air, your rockets have like extra launch speed, so you can yeah, you, science. you rocket jump, <laughs> in, and then there's an item that you can replace your shotgun with, 
called the base jumper, which is just a parachute that lets you sl- slowly descend. So uh-huh. there's a there's an idea of pairing these two items where you get the you get the airstrike, you rocket rocket launch into the air, use the base jumper to deploy the parachute, and then you just can shoot four rockets at once onto the floor as people are running around. Justice reigns from above. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> it, I mean, Soldier was the inspiration for Farrah in Overwatch, yeah. which is also really cool. This game inspired a lot of other class-based oh, I was going to bring it up later, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just a big fun of this game is just the item customization. This uh, the scout's less customizable. The the sniper, which we'll get into, mm. he, or I'll get into him now. There's a sniper who is your basic sniper rifle. You headshot, and most characters will one shot that a on a headshot. Right. Um, and then or body shot, you can charge it up to do more damage. You can charge it. Wow. Yeah. Um, but you can also, if you don't want to play sniper rifle, switch it out for the huntsman, a bow and arrow. And you can use a bow and arrow. Really? People. That's cool. Yep. Uh, he also has, in, in a way, a melee build because he has an item called a Jurati, which is a jar of... <laughs> I will get into later in the game. Mm. It is a jar that you mm. throw at people, mm-hmm. and then you can do mini crits to them. But there's another item that whenever you do mini crits, you instead do crits. So instead of doing 1.2 times the damage or whatever it is, you do three times the damage. So you can one-shot people by throwing the Jurati at them and then hitting them with the Bushwhacka. Mmm... A uh, really fun character. There's then there's Gabe Newell, the CEO of Valve's favorite character, the spy. The spy is one of the coolest characters in the game because it is something that no other game was able to implement in a like balanced way. You can go invisible. Yeah. You can disguise as members of the other team. Just like James Bond. And you can one shot kill anybody with a backstab. Right, just like Bond. Just yeah. like, sure, just like Bond. It could Ex- be you. Exactly. <laughs> it could be me. <laughs> and so it's just a super fun character because you get to play stealth in a multiplayer shooter. Yeah. Um, and it's so fun just to, like, you disguise as a pyro, you're running across, and everyone's you're running with the enemy team, and then somebody goes off by themselves, you chase them, get a little backstab. And then he also has items that allow it to be more fun. He has uh, his different watches allow him to go invisible in different ways. One of them is called the Dead Ringer, where as long as you're holding the watch, the next time you take damage, your body ragdolls. Oh, my God. But you stay alive oh. but invisible. So it's like playing dead. Yeah, basically. Oh. So there's the – and then there's like – once again, you get to equip different items in different slots for different ways. There's a knife that as soon as you backstab someone, you immediately disguises them. Oh, that's so cool. That's that sounds really helpful. So, so, but you can't disguise, or I think they patched it so you can disguise at the cost of book. But originally, uh, when the (laughs) basically when the item was originally made, um, when you backstab someone, or you couldn't disguise at all until you backstab someone. So, which is really hard to backstab because if somebody you're a low health character, if somebody sees you running up, they're gonna shoot you. So you have to like try to find someone off by themselves, stab them so you get a disguise, and then you can go on like a four backstab streak of just stab, stab, stab. Because if somebody isn't directly looking, they'll just like they'll see a pyro running around, the pyro uh, heavy running around together, and then suddenly it's just the just the heavy because the body also disappears of whoever you backstab with that knife. Ooh. And then when somebody catches onto you, they're like, oh shoot, wait, a bunch of us just got backstabbed. They go and shoot at you. You have the dead ringer ready. Boom, you're gone. You run back and hide into a different spot, undead, uncloak, and do the same thing again. Nice, dude. So Isn't pi- isn't the spy, like, uh, the father of uh, Scout? It, lore-wise, it's argued because uh, the spy is very interested in Scout's mother. Mm. And there's lots of lines uh, in the game when he tried Because the, the big fun part about the game is that the, all these characters have a bunch of different lore to them and whenever each character kills each other sometimes or like whenever you dominate someone who's this particular character you'll get a little trash line talk from that person the spy sometimes will talk about how he's done his scout's mother mm. as this like sort of like trash talk oh man um uh and just adds this sort of like lore to it which we'll get into the lore too because the lore in this game is also insane um but we have like a few classes left. Engineer, really fun. Uh, I'll start going a little quicker on these. Engineer, you basically another class that was made for people who aren't that great at first person shooters. You build turrets that are really, really strong. Most characters, if they walk into the turret willy nilly, will just all basically instantly die to a full leveled up turret. But it takes right. time to gather the materials and fully upgrade all your equipment. But once an engineer is fully upgraded into the spot, he's really hard to take uh, take care of. Um, but he also has items that help him even more. The turret auto-locks onto 
whatever enemy enters range, but you can also equip the Wrangler, which allows you to, uh, which gives the turret damage resistance and allows you to choose who the turret shoots at. Interesting. Um, there, he has the, um, and then his shotgun, you can also switch out for different things. There's a shotgun where once your turret is destroyed, everybody you killed, you get crit shots for. So three times damage shots for each person you killed. If, you're, if your sentry's gotten like five kills and you have five crit shots, you're, you just see an engineer running out there with a glowing gun just shooting people and just one shots most of these people. Well, um, you know what they should add to this game for, for him? They, uh, they should have um, him like use a bullet Right, that shoots out shotguns that shoot bullets. Wow, <laughs> this is like Enter the Gungeon style. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because <laughs> that's the kind of feel I'm getting right now. Yeah, you know? he also in the way you can switch up his style. He also has a instead of having his wrench, which lets him upgrade equipment. Right, he has a Wrangler, which is a ha- robot hands, which allows him instead of his big turrets to place little mini turrets. Oh, okay. Uh, which are really fast to build and cost less metal to build. Right. Um, you have the heavy classic character. Big old dude, biggest health pool in the game, but he's very slow and carries around a, mach- a minigun. Of course. Um, literally just mows down whoever comes close to him, and yeah. it's so fun to play. Uh, he also he also has a secondary item, a bunch of different secondary items that let him heal, like a chocolate bar, a banana, or a <gasps> sandwich. Nice. But he can also toss that to other people to heal them. Well, that's cool. Um, uh, we got into Demo Man. The only person we're missing is the Medic. Medic. Uh, the medic is one of my favorite classes. It's one. Of, it's a really cool concept in just uh, multiplayer games in general. It's another character. You don't have to be good at first-person shooters to play. But it's basically you have a medic gun. It's a little, yeah. uh, little gun that you you're, you just little thing you point at your teammates, and this little beam of light goes into your teammates and heals them. It's Mercy. really simple. But it's also you start charging up a little meter as you do that. If you get to fully charged on this little meter, you get your uber charge. Your uber charge, depending on the medigun, will basically, the default medigun lets you become invincible for eight seconds with a teammate, whoever Love you're that. healing. Um, there's the quick fix, which rapidly heals the person. It's basically the same thing as uber charge, but you can still get like backstab, um, which is the danger of it. There's the crits creed, which is the same thing as uber charge, but instead of do- healing, you suddenly get crits, the three times damage shots. So you, you use the crits creed, you put that with a soldier. And then you're suddenly just, the soldier shoots around the corner. Like, there's three people standing around that corner. They all just blow into pieces. Nice. And then that goes in the cartoonish style of the game where literally when someone blows to pieces, they blow to pieces. Right. And it's great. You see their head fly one direction, their torso. And if you die when you're exploded, uh, the game will point out where your different body parts are. Right. So there's a little death cam showing who killed you. And if any of your body parts are on the screen, there will be a little icon saying, Here, your head. And nice. this little thing pointing to her. It's like your torso. One one thing um, that immediately stood out to me when uh, like looking at this game is, uh, with the characters at least, there are stereotypes, heavy stereotypes, but executed well. It's, Does that make sense? Yeah, it's not like it's not it's not like racially insensitive yeah, no, stereotypes, no, 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 but no. it's more so like. Like, um, like like the soldier, he is, you know, a stereotypical American ar- soldier, army, American dude, you know, the bucket head, you know, whatever, you know, gun ho. This the 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 medic is like mad scientist type stuff. Uh, yeah, German, I think. Yeah, right, mad scientist German type mad stuff. Scientist, whatever, but like they're all done in they a play way roles. where it's it, it's unique and individual. And, and it's in goofy that way. too. Yeah, I mean, even like the the spy is like a classy Frenchman. Right. Uh, right. He he has a, a bunch of stuff where he's just like all prim and proper and the yeah. most proper of all the mercenaries, yeah. and it's just like. But I think it's it's like kind of stereotype to help you identify the characters, yes. but a lot more so just goofy characters. It, it's I mean, made this, to be funny. It's it, it's a satire. Yeah, you can you can summarize them all very quickly. Yes. The scout is a loudmouth uh, Boston kid. Uh, who's super he confident runs as himself. fast as his mouth. Yeah, ba- yeah. super confident in himself. The soldier is like, basically, his soldier. Yeah. He acts like a soldier, but in a very comedic way. So yes. he's very exaggerated in that. In his meet the soldier video, he is literally uh, giving his like little soldier pep talk speech to, to a bunch heads. of heads on pikes. Yeah. yeah, it's hilarious. Um, and there's actually a map where there is that. Oh, that's funny. Sort of portrayal. That's funny. Um, 
the pyro is just a pyromaniac, but like in a way where it's like they're literally mentally insane because yes. they see all this thing as flower rainbows, fun stuff. Yes. The demo man is just he's uh, it's gonna spoil it for my game, sure. But he is a constant drunk. Right. He is never sober. Nice. And he just likes blowing things up. Hey, I'm crazy. Can you blame the guy? I relate. I relate. You know, honestly, I don't blame him. <laughs> but then, like, also, whenever he's he's like charging into battle and he's got he's got the sword, it also very much fits him in a Scottish thing. He'll start sure. <laughs> he'll just start screaming at people in that right. Scottish accent. You're like, this is very fitting. This game's like very lighthearted for sure. Uh, it's it's freaking free. Yeah, it's free. Um, it was it's been free, free since, for 11 years. Yeah, free since 2009 because uh, they had the free update. Everybody who paid for the game was like $15, though. Huh. But everybody who paid for the game ended up getting a cool hat. Um, Just one hat? Uh, one hat. But the, another fun part about this game is the hats and cosmetics. Okay. There is a whole marketplace surrounding hats and cosmetics for this game where they all cost in real, like, real money. Mm. And you have an entire trade system. I don't know if you guys know the trade system for Counter-Strike. Mm. Um, but Steam has trade systems and they have the Steam Market which is a place where you can buy these in-game items from other people, and people can you can sell your in-game items. Uh, Team Fortress 2, when they started adding hats and cosmetics and stuff, gave you the option to sell these things on the community market. Wow. Um, so other people in the community could buy them. And that created a whole trade system because some people were like, hey, we can... Like, we can make a market out of this. And people started having keys be a currency for this trade system because keys have a set value of 250 uh, whenever you buy a key to open a crate um, where you get your hats. Um, but then you start having unusual hats, hats with these cool effects surrounding them sure. that are super rare to get um, from unboxings. So everybody, like, really wants these uh, unusuals. So unusuals have higher prices in the market. They usually cost around 3 to 20 keys. There are golden items, or Australian, uh, they're called Australian items, which are these shiny golden-like items that, um, like, the, uh, there's one of the rarest items in the game, the Australian pan, goes for, like, 10,000 keys. That's, like... You do Venmo? Nah, man, I do keys. <laughs> that's, like, $2,500 or something like that. Oh, my Jesus. God. Jesus. Um, Good Lord. Jeez. Exactly. And people will pay that. That's crazy. And, and pe- people will pay. People will pay that. And Collectors, dude. Yeah. Collectors. And, but it's just... But what people really love about that is you have all these options in different ways to make a character you love. Like, I have... I have a setup that I have for my scout. Right. Where it's like he's like I, I like I call him the space DJ. He has a boombox on his back. He has a little visor on his eyes, and he wears like a space helmet. Mm. Um, and so I call him space DJ, and he goes around uh, shooting people like that. And I make sure to equip all like the spacey weapons. He has the wingman, which is his pistol. It looks like a little spacey pistol. Uh, there's the atomizer, his bat, which lets him get a triple jump, but it's also like it just says like atom on the side <laughs> or whatever. It looks very spacey. <laughs> and how's it spelled? Uh, the a- atomizer, a d atom izer, a d a m a t o m like atom. Oh man, no, not atom. That would have been funny. <laughs> that w- see, that's a missed opportunity, Valve. Come on. But it, there's a lot of customization to this game too. You get to really customize not only the way you play but the way you look, mm. um, and just all this stuff. It makes it. I never get tired of playing this game. I can hop on and play for hours because I hop on and I play Scout. I play Scout for a bunch, and I'm yeah. like, you know what? Now I want to play Demo Knight, so I'll go and be a Demo Man with a shield and sword. This is Char- like, this is like, like any other first-person shooter multiplayer game, right? Except it's different because like there are all these different class options and all right. these different ways of playing. Right. Like my first first-person shooter was Call of Duty. Okay. Um, that's, Call, that's du- pretty, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the original. That's pretty basic. And I love that game, but. My option, my very different gameplay options were sniper, shotguns, pistols, machine guns, and right. machine guns being submachine gun, assault rifle, whatever. Sure. They're still machine guns, but so there, but there's not a lot of variance in the gameplay. No. But when I started getting all. into Team Fortress Two, I play Scout for a bit, which is very this mobile shotgun up close, but runs away fast, sort of avoid damage play style. Kind of Looney Tunes-esque. Yeah, and then I would immediately switch to like heavy where I'm in the fray constantly getting shot at but I have a medic and I'm just sitting there like ha 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 as I'm shooting people with this minigun just uh, people are shooting at me and nothing's happening because I'm just tanky heavy I think you can really just tell that Valve had a great time making this game you know uh, just making the characters I mean even the voice recordings you know I'm sure everybody involved had 
the best of time and just being generous enough to be like it's free yeah there you go play it 100% and the the scout the guy who voiced the scout yeah he still like does Twitch streams and stuff like that just really? being the scout oh that's cool does he like dress up and everything uh no, I don't right. know if he dresses up but like he, he just does the voice all the time he takes oh, like okay. requests and talks in the accent and he just like he's just he and he just talked about it. he loves the scout yeah like he doesn't necessarily only play Team Fortress 2 anymore, yeah, more yeah. so, like, bounce between games, but still just, like, constantly as a scout. There's a lot of love here. Yeah, and so, like, it's just so fun. The characters are fun. The lore, which I finally want to get into, right. is insanely cool. Right. The lore for this game, I mean, f- I'm going to get into the game first, and then we can talk about it afterwards. Okay. This is, uh, this is a little game I made where... I've gotten the lore of a bunch of different characters and put them together. I want you guys to try to guess your best, and we're gonna speed run this, so like three seconds per answer. Sure. Um, and we're we're just we're just gonna go through these and try to figure out uh, whose lore does this pertain to, right? And you'll literally be like, it's, it's just the lore, just understanding. This is I'm hoping to set this expectation that the lore for this game is very comedical, non-serious. Yeah. And if you, if you sit through it, hilarious. Yeah. So. First up, we have this character is roommates with Merasmus, a literal wizard with magical reality warping powers. Soldier. Soldier. Really? Yeah. Soldier's roommate is Merasmus. That's funny. Uh, And he's actually responsible for the Halloween events. Uh, You have boss fights with Merasmus. One of the maps, you literally fight him, and he, like, raises his uh, necro-bomb-bombonomicon, which is necronomicon, but bombs. Um, say that one, say that three Bominomicon, times. Bominomicon, Bominomicon, Good job. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I talk about this game a lot. We're gonna get from that book. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so like he'll go and raise the Bominomicon and just bombs will fly everywhere right. in this boss fight. And then like he'll go right. and wave a staff at you and whoever's in that area just catches on fire and explodes. Um, really cool. And soldiers just roommates with this guy. <laughs> like yeah, he's my bud. I'd yeah. rather be on his good side than his bad side. True, true. But he's also he's always always on uh, Marasmus's bad side because Soldier is very much annoying character. Right. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, nearly always drunk. I mean, Scottish dude, uh, Demo, Demo Man. Man. Demo. Demo Man, nearly always drunk. There's like there's times in the comics where he's sober and he's like actually like pretty competent of a person to, like find he's jobs but whenever he's but he's like almost always drunk drunk never able to find jobs and oh. so his mom always complains about him that the only job he's able to get because of his drunkenness is the mercenary job oh. so when that goes away he starts staying home all the time and his mom's like yeah go out there and get a job and then uh. they come back and they're like hey the boys are getting back together and he's and he's like "Woo, i got a job <laughs> uh hilarious um, manages to become the CEO of an engineering company, becomes a millionaire, and immediately abandons it at the sight of flames. Engineer. Um, at the sight of flames. Uh, abandons sight. his uh, job as a CEO of an engineering company arson, at the arson. sight of flames. The, the Pyro Man. The Pyro. Really? That's funny. It's in the first oh, comic right. of the series. That's funny. When they're, when they're getting everybody back together, they're literally in a CEO meeting. Uh, like this corporate meeting and one of the people go does he have the mask on in the meeting yeah oh he's, no he's still gosh. wearing his like mercenary uniform that is hilarious and the, the the person who's next to him is like guys we did it our company's taking off we're all millionaires now and it's all thanks to you and the pyro is looking at a newspaper turns around looks out the window you just see rainbows and sparkles and like this unicorn and he's like we and then it switches to like real life view and it's uh on an opposite tower, ah. there's a soldier and a Pauline, which is like the assistant to the administrator of the sure. war. But they're both setting a fire right next to the building so the pyro can see it and go join them. And then the pyro just abandons his business That's to go funny. <laughs> be a mercenary. I would do the same. Honestly, yeah, just for fire, you know? Fire. Um, has a tiny fancy meal and multiple fake capsule teeth that he eats while in prison. Heavy. Yeah. It's the spy. It's the spy. Oh, really? that makes sense. The spy is in prison with the scout, and there's he literally just starts taking out his teeth and preparing this tiny meal that's maybe like the size of putting your thumb and index fingers together. Uh huh. Like mm-hmm. it is very very small. He makes he hold on he makes the meal out of his teeth. It, it's his teeth are fake teeth as like yeah. little storage capsules. And he just opens oh. them up and sets up the meal while in prison. That's really cool, actually. <laughs> All right, we have obsessed with Tom Jones, late '60s singer. Um, uh, the engine, the no, the sniper, scout. Oh wow! Is super obsessed as posters and literally, <laughs> literally the spy disguises at Tom Jones as scouts like dying in one of the comics huh. to like give him hope before he dies. That's cute. Um, 
Then we have a bonus question. These, this is not related to characters, but rather the lore. This is a historical, real-life historical figure, and this is how they portray him in the lore. Invented stairs, didn't understand how to use them, so used a rocket launcher to jump over them. Soldier. Uh, a real-life historical figure. Not... Oh. No way. Thomas, Thomas Edison. Good, uh, good guess. Benjamin Franklin. Also good guess. Abraham Lincoln. Abe what? Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln was the one who discovered both rocket jumping and stairs in the lore. Good for him. Great president. Great president. <laughs> uh, owns a bird with has an, which has an obsession with blood and lives inside of the scout's chest. A dove in particular. Oh, that's 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 the medic. The medic. Okay. Um, fun fact, there's a 1 in 100 chance of a dove flying out the scout's body if he explodes because at the end of the Meet the Medic scene, uh, the Archimedes, the name of the dove, flies into the scout's Archimedes. chest. Archimedes. Um, so there, in, in the actual game, there's a 1 in 100 chance that the scout explodes where a dove flies out. That is funny. Um, another fun fact, the medic apparently got all of his doves by stealing them from the prime minister's catering van. Huh? <laughs> Good place to get your doves. Good, <laughs> great right. place. Now, this one related to, I kind of almost spoiled it earlier, has had treatments to allow him to piss into multiple jars of urine in a single day. Heavy. Oh, yeah. no, no, that's that's a sniper. That's a sniper. The he had Literally, if you play the game, he, it's like a 10-second cooldown of just jars of piss you can throw at people because he had, oh. like, he had, like, treatments done so that he could do this so he could find spies because you can't, in, in the game, you can't, like, harm your teammates, but you can harm enemies so we just throw piss around to find out what the spy or who the spy is okay it's clever you think they do that in like the cia james bond does it james bond does that wow wow (laughs) despite work as a mercenary and really uh rough english which makes him which makes people think he's stupid this character actually has a phd in russian literature heavy that's heavy yep He's, he has a do- he is actually more of a doctor than a doctor. That's funny. Now we'll get into that because they, this per- character lost their medical license by stealing all of their patients' bones, all of them. Um, sir, ah, uh, it's the medic. It's medic. <laughs> you know, I'll, okay. You don't need all your bones. You don't. You don't really need bones. Fair. Fair. <laughs> Um, next up, uh, after receiving a trick-or-treat visit on Halloween, his least favorite holiday, this hmm. character calls the kid lazy and fat, watches the kid cry, feels bad, gives the kid $7,000, and says he doesn't like being called fat either. Uh, soldier? Engineer? The heavy. Heavy. Wow. Okay. That makes sense. Because <laughs> he is actually really nice. There's a part of the lore where I, growing up as a kid... Uh, a bunch of kids killed. I think it was a canary, oh, or like beat up a canary, and he ended up just holding it, in a, holding the canary in its hand in his hands till it died, and then buried it. Mm. Um, the heavy's actually like the nicest of the cast. He's like Joe, a big old teddy bear on the inside. <laughs> but this all, is a bucket. But all no. tough <laughs> and rough more. on the outside. Dear God. <laughs> All right, this character couldn't get into the army, so he flew into Europe, bought a bazooka, and killed Germans until he heard the war was over in 1949, four years um, after the soldier. war ended. That's yeah, I'll say soldier. <laughs> yep. Uh, Listen, man, it's a good way to make a living. This character was born in Atlantis. Uh, engineer. Uh, what? <laughs> the sniper. The sniper. Because the sniper, because Atlantis actually is New Zealand, but New Zealand got uh, worried about a uh, apocalypse that was going to happen, which actually never did. So they moved the entire city underwater. Um. Okay. <laughs> but the but the sniper will always say he's Australian, but he's actually New Ze- <laughs> New Zealand. Why can't we have that in real life? <laughs> why can't Why can't we do that with Florida? Take our cities and push them somewhere else. Yeah. Let's uh, do that with Miami, dude. We have two more. Uh, this character has eight souls after selling his own but attaching the souls of all the other mercenaries to himself. In the comics, he comes back to life because he tells the devil, yeah, I got, I have eight more souls left. Soldier. Or, no, scout. I would say the engineer. It's the medic. It's oh, the wow. Medic. The medic surgically attached all the eight souls to Right. Him. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Then we have the last one. Cannot get his eye back surgically because every Halloween it turns evil and tries to kill the other mercenaries. Demo man. Demo man. He's missing an eye yeah, because, he has of an eye patch. because he looked into the Bominomicon and the Bominomicon turned <laughs> his, his, eye. his eye into the Monoculus, another boss you can fight in the game in the Halloween events. Where it's literally this giant eye that shoots crit rockets down at people. Wow, it's 
Really you know? Cool. But yeah, so that's the lore. That's basically the lore of this game. It's really fun, like, because uh, if you're not even interested in playing Team Fortress 2, the comics are free on their website, and they are solid, like, Everything is free comics. here. There's a series that never ended because Valve abandoned the game, which we'll talk about. Uh, basically abandoned the game. But, um... There's a series of comics uh, where there's an actual like in-depth story, and you get to explore these characters, do crazy things. This uh, there's a scene where the soldier, uh, in order to fight, uh, fight, a, or no, I don't, I forget the context, but the soldier for some reason decides to get naked into Arctic and cover himself in honey. Right. Uh, Why and you? He you ends would. up he ends up fighting a bear. Of course. <laughs> right. Yeah. Naturally. With his girlfriend, the heavy sister. Naturally. Um, but just just a bunch of goofy moments like this in the comics. But they're also very deep moments. Every single moment between the spy and the scout has like hidden like where the spy the spy is scout's dad, but the scout doesn't know that, and the spy Father? doesn't want him to know that. Father. And it's just these these interactions where the spy's clearly like acting dad, but not really wanting to be dad. Right. Um, and there's there's a great scene when the scout's about to die with the where the spy and the scout interact, which is just comics are definitely a good read regardless if you like Team sure. Fortress too. But um, so that's lore. We talk about lore. We talk about gameplay. Diverse, fun gameplay. Di- hilariously fun lore. Right. And then just this beautiful game serves as the inspiration for so many other games. Overwatch. Overwatch has I, multiple I characters which are inspired. Easily by can easily. Uh, pinpoint a lot of them. I mean, for Scout, Tracer, boom. Uh, Sniper, Widowmaker. Uh, Medic, Mercy. You well, know? I mean, I would argue that Widowmaker is just Sniper. Um, but the char- but the charge, ma- or no, the Sniper in general, just the idea of a oh, Sniper oh, character. Oh. But I also kind of, the charge. part of me goes away because there is that charge yeah. shot mechanic to yeah. it. But what really gets me is the Pharah, uh, the Pharah, yeah. Pharah, who flies around and shoots rockets, yes. which is very much soldier. like the soldier with his rocket jumping mm-hmm. mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, except now you don't have to rocket jump; you just have to boost upwards. Um, Torbjorn with the turret building, yeah, the engineer, um, it seems like a very big inspiration for that. Yeah, um, I see. I see. Like, uh, what's, what's his name? Roadhog or whatever with the heavy kind of. Kind of. Maybe. Uh, Junkrat with the pyro, in a way. Junkrat, Junkrat or demo is man. a lot like the Demo Man with, yeah. the, with the pipe launcher. Right. Um, because they both, I mean, it's basically this, it's the same kind of play yeah. style. But then uh, they switch it up, whereas uh, Demo Man has sticky bomb launchers. The Junkrat has the the mines that he plays, which kind of serve yeah. a similar purpose, but are less, but more limiting. I think if the Demo Man like, itself were iterated into Overwatch, it would be one of the strongest characters in the game. Yeah, I, but yeah, you can clearly see the inspirations being drawn. Who, who, who makes a uh, Overwatch? Who made Overwatch? Uh, Blizzard. Blizzard, right? Blizzard Entertainment. Um, yeah, to, you can totally see the the similarities. And I'm pretty sure they sure. they acknowledge that they oh, really? were inspired. I think. I, I don't like Overwatch, but it's it inspires Overwatch and inspires and just a the lot. gameplay too on itself. Not just the characters, but the gameplay. It's very similar between uh, the two. The the game the game modes. A lot of them are the same. Like yeah. two two CP in Overwatch is just attack defense on in Team Fortress yeah. Two. Yeah, and then then like the cargo. But there are a lot. Know. There are a lot of games that kind of had that. But pay, Payload, I think Team Payload, Fortress Two was the first is. to do that. Right, right. But, I mean, to be fair, Overwatch was kind of it ended up being the Team Fortress Two killer. Yes. Um, which yes. I'm not necessarily mad about because Team Fortress 2 uh, started having lackluster updates. Because Valve functions in this way where developers um, choose the projects they work on. Right. So Team Fortress 2, while always having a dedicated team, that dedicated team became, le- became less and less as projects like uh, all the Half-Life behind-the-scenes stuff, which ended up being Half-Life Alex. Uh, there was like Half-Life VR that was rumored and leaks about that a lot of people were leaving Team Fortress 2 for. There was a lot of other big projects that Valve was working on that a lot right. of people from left different which is, productions Which to is do. totally understandable because this game has been going on for 11 years. And and honestly, do you really want to be working on the same game for 11 years? Yeah, and, and like I get that that makes sense. And I honestly would be fine with it if they left us with a bit closure but it it ended suddenly right where what happened was we had uh the the community was starting to die out so they release uh the jungle inferno update Uh, and the jungle inferno update added a bunch of stuff and was like hey we have these cool new mechanics and we're gonna start and it was basically almost as if they were saying we're gonna start working on this game again Mm -hmm. um 
and there was rumors of there was going to be a pyro versus heavy uh, or pyro ver- I think during that event or shortly after the event there was a, a sort of event going on where it's like we're going to have an update and it's going to either be for the pyro or for the heavy and we're going to have the drastic overhaul for stuff um, added to the, just that character because the pyro had a lot of complaints with the way it was played because it when the the pyro's physics were always a little weird. You could okay. you could shoot flames around corners in a well, weird yeah, way. Fire's you can weird. shoot through you can shoot fire through walls, but it was because it was very much how fire worked in the game is there was these giant square hitboxes yeah. that fly out and if yeah. it hit you then it counted as a fire hitbox. But the fire hitboxes were weird when interacting with walls and characters and pointing at the ground and fire stuff. Fire physics are hard, man. At but the they, end of the day, even in real life. But the the pole ended up winning or whatever I forget what it was, but the pyro ended up winning and there was the pyro update. But they were like, yeah, but we're also going to have the heavy update, so stay tuned. That was three years ago. Oh, we still haven't heard nothing. There, there's probably not going to be anything because oh, okay. ultimately, right now, I think Team Fortress Two team is at like three to four people, and it's mainly just bug fixing and uh, community management. Um, the only updates we get now are the Halloween updates, which uh, which is really just recycled content from all the previous years. Right. But it is still fun to go back and dive into that same stuff because it's always fun to, like, uh, you go onto uh, Man Manor and you have, like, every now and then the Headless Horseman shows up and he runs around and there's a system with the Headless... The Horseless Headless Horseman. Um, the Horseless Headless Horseman. It's just a torso. It's just a body. Uh, basically. Uh, <laughs> it is a it is a dude with a giant axe and a jack-o'-lantern head. Of course. Um, and he runs around and he has a system where it's it's tag and basically it'll choose a character at random and they're it. If they melee an enemy person, it becomes then that person's it. Oh, it switches. Yeah, and it, it just goes around. But if you if you walk into him, then he's gonna chop your head off. But he chases after the person with the it. That's cool. Um, so you have this whole system of like if you're if you're it and you see an enemy who's like in the middle of reloading or something, you just run over and whack him because you know uh, the horseless headless horseman's coming. And just uh, there's that fun mechanic. There's the fun mechanic of Monoculus and Marasmus as boss fights in a lot of different maps, uh, which is really fun. Um, For sure. Hall- Halloween adds some cool stuff. There's there's maps with mini games. Right. There's a map. There's two different maps where um, or multiple different maps where at the end of the level, instead of the winner being whoever completed the objective, there's a mini game to decide. And then I think I think I played this game for years and I still don't know if the winner gets an <laughs> advantage, but um, you play a mini game and whoever wins the mini game decides. So there's a there's a Maraz- and they're all in charge by Marasmus. I forget what the map's called, but so like there's one where it's you collect ducks, like little duck things, and whichever team gets the most ducks wins. Um, and you ride bumper carts around, and if you smack into bumper carts, it's kind of like Smash Bros, where the more you smack into people, the more percent you have, and the further mm. you fly away. Interesting. Uh, there's another one where the platforms like disappear, and so everybody has to rush to a platform and stay there, but they're bumper carts, and they knock people away. Oh, okay. Um, these fun little mini games, Halloween. Uh, the Halloween Team Fortress 2 events are absolutely fun, and I always go back and play a little bit bit of it whenever I go. You also get free hats that you get to wear on Halloween. Um, there's one where there's every single character has a has a hat cosmetic where they just become undead, like little zombies. Um, Heavy has one where his entire head turns into a bird, uh, orange bird head. Uh, it's just really goofy, fun Halloween stuff, and I absolutely love it. But in general, this game is just... I, I really, really love this game. It has such fun gameplay, such fun out-of-game interaction with items and stuff in the story, but Valve... Uh, I would really love if Valve still did stuff with it, but I understand with the way the company is structured, you know, you have people... You only have people who are willing to uh, do stuff, do stuff, and I get it. That that ultimately is how the company is run, and I'm not going to complain too much, but I will always reminisce on the active Team Fortress 2 days where... Uh, Con- updates were constantly coming and we could constantly expect new fun things when uh, Groot Keep a community map where it was only melee and like it was only medieval so uh, Sniper can only use his bow uh, the the demo man has sword stuff but everybody else could only use like melee stuff and so it's just this it's this chaotic map where it's a castle and everyone's just running around and whacking each other with weapons while snipers stand above and just shoot arrows you can clearly see that Team Fortress 2 set the foundation for uh, multiplayer uh, class shooters. Based shooter. Class-based shooters, especially. Right. Like, um, and if, I don't think if, if it wasn't for Team Fortress 2, we probably wouldn't have gotten Overwatch the way we did, Paladins the way we did. Valorant. Valorant. You know, Valorant, I feel, is more inspired by Counter-Strike 
and League. Sure. Uh, but it's still, but I mean, there's still Counter Strike, still a Valve game, and uh, Valorant's uh, Riot made Valorant and League. But, um, but just the idea of having different characters that was kind of a, like that was really innovative when Team Fortress One was a yes, thing. Yes, game changer. Uh, that was just what made Team Fortress Two really fun. You have diverse gameplay options every single time you play the game and that's something that really allowed Team Fortress 2 to take off and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the reason why Valorant decided to do multiple character things rather than, because CSGO the way you vary your play style is really just by buying different guns, Right. Um, but Valorant added this extra variability by playing characters, Overwatch is the same Same thing thing. where you have tons of different characters, a lot more than Team Fortress 2 and they keep adding and adding and there's going to be a sequel coming but in a way Team because in a way I prefer the way Team Fortress 2 did it, right. where Team Fortress 2, it changed the gameplay styles of the original nine classes by adding items that changed their gameplay. Uh, it's like two different sides to a coin, whereas yeah. Blizzard did their own original thing and just added new characters. Right. If, like, for for example, if if, if Tracer, we already know what Tracer does, right? But, like, if, if they wanted to add, like, another special ability instead of just giving it to her and for, like, a... Like a They'll make a new character. Yeah. Like, what what Team Fortress 2 would be would be equivalent if you're playing Overwatch and while you're in spawn, you switch from Tracer's double uh, pulse r- right. pistols to, like, a shotgun. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and or, or if you're Widowmaker, or um, what would be a fun idea? If you're Winston and you switch from his little laser rifle to, like, a pistol. <laughs> right. <laughs> just, just a gorilla with a pistol. Right. But not really how it works, but at the same time, I still love Overwatch. Uh, it's, it's also, like, a very fun game for me. Mm-hmm. But it will not be on the same level as Prime TF2. I don't, yeah, no. Today, it also, Team Fortress 2 has does have a lot of problems now in terms of there's a lot of bots um, in two different ways. One, I talked about the market. Um, the market ultimately got ruined because prices inflated so much because Team Fortress 2 likes giving people every now and then while you're playing, you'll get a free weapon. Um, so you can try all the weapons without having to spend money on all of them. Uh, or you can be impatient and spend money so you can get the, <laughs> so you can get the items. Um, but those I, ultimately, each of those items end up costing a third of a refined. A refined is like a portion that you can get towards a key. The refined were like a refined metal was a trading currency. But you in the game, you could turn weapons into refined metal. If mm. you had, I think it's if you have nine weapons, you can refine it all into one refined metal. Right. Um, ultimately, what happened is through that, a lot of people started making bot accounts who do, that would just go on like AFK servers and just spin around. Like you just type plus left in the console, and the co- the bot would just turn left constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it that looks like a lot with FPSs. Yeah. So so it looks like there's somebody there, but there isn't. Um, and then those, these free items keep dropping, and the bot will accept the items so that they can get a new item later on. The, mar- the market for Team Fortress 2 ultimately crashed with all these bots, or not crashed, but now it's super inflated mm. because of all these bots. Whereas before, when I first started getting into Team Fortress 2 market, I could spend, like, you, you could reasonably get in, become a person in the market without spending a dime. Nice. Nowadays, basically impossible. Right. Um... Because it's just the, this idea of bots. And then the bots are getting worse, where now you have server-crashing bots, where to advertise aim hacks or whatever, a bot will come in, a bunch of sniper bots will come into the server, spinning around and mic spamming, um, or sp- uh, bind, because you can do text binds, where if you press a button, it'll immediately put something in chat. Um, which is fun for, like, memeing when it first started out, because somebody you'd kill somebody, and then you'd press the bind, and it would say something goofy, and the sure. person would get salty over it. But then you're these, too slow. Yeah, exactly. But these these bots would use it and just spam their spam their hacks um, while spinning around, instantly headshotting anybody who came into view. And the mic spam would happen, and all they would overload the server and the server would crash. And this is still a problem that happens. And Valve isn't really doing anything about it. So the game's kind right. of like the game was dying. The game is dying. But now the game's kind really of standstill. getting drug into its grave, oh. and uh, it makes me it makes me miss the good old days. But Team Fortress Two, I will always look back on and always love, and still love playing to this day. But the peak Team Fortress Two, I miss it, man. <laughs> Probably one of the best and longest lifespan a game has ever had. Right, hundred percent. You know? And you know, people I, love Team Fortress Two. And I guess it's still going. You know, it's free. You can pick it up at any time. 
you know, and just try it out. Yeah, and there's still huge active community too. With mm. they're constantly trying to push community updates, and there's servers where people do new maps and content. Oh, that's cool as well. That's really cool. See, when when you have a company with as much love for for their product as the the community, that's something special. And I guess Team Fortress Two is exactly that. Hundred percent. Anything else you guys want to mention? This is a bucket. <laughs> Put dispenser here. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Razzle Dazzle. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Razzle Dazzle Show. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you want more Eagle Radio goodness, check us out uh, on Live 365 app our eagle radio station hard us favorite us listen to what we like to listen to here on the show and on campus and yeah we'll catch you on the next one Your stomach. Uh, you right. break your goddamn hand. I'm ready to go. Yep. Okay, There's sorry. a fly flying past the microphone. Sorry. Are we recording that, by the way? I think that's going to be the end card. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Scout? <laughs> I was trying to remember a scout line, but I couldn't think of anything. I need a dispenser here. <laughs> What's up? Put dispenser here. All of them can say, I need a dispenser. Everybody needs a dispenser. I'll dispenser. Enough. I need a dispenser right here. Right here. <laughs> Sentry going up. Oh, my God. Oh. Ready to start There's a spy around here. There's a snake in my boat. Wait, wrong franchise. Not bad. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm, I'm sorry. There's not a Team Fortress 2. Three. There is not a Team Fortress 2. I mean, honestly, I'd be happy if they just updated Team Fortress 2. Just released its last update, didn't it? Um, well, they, it. Have, they have their Halloween update, but they do that every year. Oh, okay. And it. But, there's no, but that's just recycled content. Like, there hasn't been, like, a actual update since the Pyro update. That was, like, what, two, three years ago? Mm. Anyway. We'll talk about that on the episode. All right. <laughs> Silence while I do my meaning skeleton. <laughs>